0: All right. Well, good morning. Everybody good? Come on. Some of you guys are. Man, that was a good, that was a good worship right there. That was an awesome time of just being able to celebrate who God is, right? And, uh, man, I just, and that's what we do. This is what our, our services are. They're a celebration service. That's what we call it. To be able to see that many people go through the waters of baptism was awesome. And, uh, and so let's give it up for them again. Those who went public, they had the courage to say, Hey, I want everybody to know that Christ lives in me. That's, that's a big deal and that's a big step. And, uh, you know, out front, we were out front, one of the guys said, hey, I'm here to get baptized. Another guy said, hey, man, it's going to be different from this point forward. And he's right, because we have gone public, we've let everybody know, Jesus lives within me, so therefore, we live different, and we should live different. If there's no change, there's no Jesus, right? And so, hey, if you're joining us online, we're glad you're here today and uh, joining us in that way. And uh, we're, we're kicking off a new series, or we're in a series called Life is Better Together. And last week, we talked about, uh, was Compassion Sunday, and hopefully, you guys, uh, you know, enjoyed the weekend, but I'm telling you, it was a powerful weekend. And, uh, you know, I, I share with you guys that we were praying for at least 100 kids to be sponsored. And um, anyway, my wife, you know, whenever I was walking out the door earlier in that week, she said, you know, 157. I was like, and I'm thinking, 100? I mean, I'd be pretty excited about 100. And she goes, 157 kids are there. And uh, I'm like, okay, well, you know, and God just kind of hit me in the chest. He goes, Mike, you're not praying big enough. And, of course, I shared, you know, that last week that we sponsored, last week we thought 157 but we actually sponsored 162. How awesome is that? Huh? What? I mean, uh, so here's the thing is it was 157 kids at that one center, but there was another one in a neighboring village that whenever we filled, we took care of all those at that one village there, it began to bleed over into the next village close by, you know, in a neighboring village. And so as of right now, there was 162 kids that were sponsored you know, in that area in Ethiopia. So that region is being impacted by our church sponsoring and helping children be set free from the bondage of poverty, but also the gospel is presented in their life. They get to hear uh, the the good news. They get medical care. They get food. They get, uh, you know, just meant health care. All those things are there. And so you guys, man, I just want to say that is a celebration that those, that many kids lives are changed forever in some way, one way or the other. So God had a huge impact last week. So to, you know, so that's what we were talking about you know we can work, we can do more together, and that's what we did. And even after the first service, there were people walking up and asking, "Hey, listen, how do you sponsor a child?" So we don't know how many total that, that we'll be able to impact, and there may be some online that are sponsored. You know, and uh, you can go to our website and you can figure out how to do that if you haven't done it yet. But that's exciting. You know, we see people go through the waters of baptism. They've heard the gospel, they've responded in faith. They say, "Hey, you know what? I believe Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And prayerfully these 162 children kind of like owen they'll hear the gospel they'll respond in faith and it may even impact or affect their whole entire family and so we have no idea what god is going to do through that but we're going to celebrate on the front end that we believe and we're going to pray believing that god is going to do this so let's talk a little bit about today today we're talking about we can help each other grow in our faith so we're we are helping those kids there in Ethiopia. And we try to help people here. You know, missions is not what we do just on the other side of the earth. It's what we do right here in our own yard, right? In our backyard. And so we try to make a difference in the lives of people. And so there are missions that take place, you know, and and some of you guys are here because of the mission mindset that our church has even here. You know, and so we can help each other grow in our faith. So the thing is is these that have put their faith in Christ They've experienced that spiritual birth and everyone should experience a spiritual birth. You haven't always been a Christian, I can promise you. I ask people that sometimes, they'll, tell me about whenever you came to know Christ. And they're like, well, I've always been a Christian. There's no such animal, I'm just telling you. You know, it doesn't happen that way. There has to be a recognition that you need a savior. There has to be a, a moment where you go, you know what, I am lost and I need Jesus in my life. And so whenever you, when you surrender your life and you put your faith in Christ, you know, and what Jesus did, here's the thing, that is when you experience your spiritual birthday. And even in the first service day, we had four or five people that experienced their spiritual birthday today. I mean, how awesome is that? So they came to know Christ today. That's exactly right. That's worth celebrating, man. And so today they, they experienced their spiritual birthday. And so we celebrate those moments. And so here's the thing, they experience that growth, but they've got to grow, uh, that birth, but they've got to grow up. And so how do we as the church come alongside of them and how can you or me have a part in their life and them becoming all that God wants them to be? So let's look at this passage here out of Hebrews. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. All right, you go back to Jesus dying on a cross, what he did on the cross, bleeding out his precious blood to pay for my sins and your sins. And so that is the only reason that we are able to approach the throne of grace and to pray and intercede for people, you know, or even pray for God to heal people. Um, You know, I'm just telling you, man, all of that is because of what Jesus did. Everything that we get to experience is because of Christ. And so it's saying, hey, man, we get to to enter into the most holy place. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place, the holy of holies where only the high priest could go in there, you and I now can go in and pray. We can literally approach the throne of grace. We can go to God in prayer, praying for our family members, praying for our nation, praying for whatever it might be. And so because of what Jesus did, not because of anything we've done, we don't deserve it, but because of what Jesus did, we have been given that privilege, that opportunity, to go into the Holy of Holies praying. And since we have a great high priest who who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, Fully trusting Him. Now, here's the thing: is when we pray, do we fully trust Him? Because oftentimes we come to God with a little bit of, you know, man, I don't know if you can do this, God. I don't know if you can. I don't know if you can sponsor 157 kids, God. You know, I don't know if you can sponsor, you know, all of these kids that are in that area, God. I don't know if you can meet my needs, God. I don't know if we, you know, if you can pay this power bill that I have. Or God, I don't know if you can get, you know, if I can get that job, you know, or I don't know if, you know, we begin to question, but here it says we come into uh, his presence with sincere, fully trusting God. So we pray for healing, man. We're praying with sincere hearts, right? Fully trusting God for healing. We're praying for salvation for someone. We're not going, hey God, they're too hard to reach. They're too far gone. We go, God, you can reach anybody. And God, we're praying for their salvation. You know, we're praying for their lives to be changed forever. So. Fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. So our, our conscience have been sprinkled, we've been covered with the blood of Christ. Let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. Amen? So God can be trusted to keep his promise. And so God tells us hey, listen, if you surrender your life, you put your faith in Christ, you believe on Jesus then you become a part of the family of God. You're no longer just a creation of God, but you're a child of God. You're a part of the family of God. And, and so God keeps his promise. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. We talked about this passage last week. And that's what we were trying to do, trying to motivate you know, people. Owen was trying to motivate you and encourage you and challenge you to, man, to make a difference in a child's life. $38. $38 is, is the world to this kid. Man, it, and it could, make, it could change everything, their whole trajectory in life. And like, not only did Owen's life get changed because somebody sponsored him. If you went through the experience, you heard about Patience Life and how Diane sponsored her. And literally that little girl grew up and was able to take care of her brothers and sisters. Her mom and dad had died of AIDS. And so she was able to take care of them and literally c- grow up, came to know Christ, and then was able to literally be in leadership in the country where she lives now. And so God has used her in a powerful way. So let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. In other words, we're to encourage one another and... And, and push each other and sometimes challenge each other to do those things it says and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do but encourage one another especially now that the day of his return is drawing near and, and a lot of people say well, you know man jesus is coming back uh, soon we don't know when he's coming back i mean scripture makes that clear jesus made it clear nobody knows when he's coming back except the father himself right so we're to live like he could come back at any moment because we don't know when he's coming back and, and so you might say well these seem like end times could be but we don't know that we just know that you know what we're to live out our faith and We're to live in such a way that hopefully points people towards jesus And that people are hearing the gospel the good news and we're not holding it to ourselves But man, we're sharing it everywhere we can so we're doing everything we can to reach as many as possible So we can help each other or we can help one another by and I want to give you a couple of things i want to give you three things today that I think We could do to help help others now again a lot of times we have this mentality that hey, you know what? Hey, i'm good and maybe you're having your quiet time and you think, hey, that's all I need. No, I promise you, you need more than that. You need, you need Jesus. We all need Jesus, right? But you need more than just a quiet time. You need more than just your devotion. You need more than that. all of us do. And we need people in our life. We, we need people in our life that challenge us, that, that sometimes are tough to love. Uh, you know, and we need people in our life that can encourage us, that can speak life over us, that can affirm us, that can sometimes even rebuke us. We all need that, right? And so we need people in our life. So if you're thinking, hey, I've I've got my, my quiet time and I've got my coffee and I'm good. I'm just telling you, you're missing out on some of the best part of the Christian faith. And you're not following Jesus really as closely as you think you are. If you think that's all there is to it. So we've got to be willing to say, you know what, God, I need more than that. And so we can help one another by praying for one another. That passage that started off talks about us being able to go into the holy place to pray for one another. And so we can. We can pray for one another. And, and oftentimes, you know, we, we ask people, hey, listen, if you don't mind me praying for this situation. And this weekend, we had prayer requests coming in. There were things that had happened, you know. And, uh, and so our staff is, is praying for those. And our prayer team is praying for those prayer requests. And there are times that you guys see people put stuff on Facebook or social media or whatever it might be. And, uh, and they're asking for prayer. And you might type in praying. But do you really pray? And oftentimes, it, hey, it's the right thing to say. And you're thinking about them. But prayer is sometimes more than just thinking about them it's going before a holy god it's going into the holy of holies it is claiming scripture it is literally you know just asking god to do something that only god can do it's not just going to have them thinking about because that's got to be a tough deal they're going through it's a little bit more than that and so we can help one another by praying for one another that's that's a no-brainer right and it doesn't matter if we're in prison because of our faith or if they're in prison because of their faith, because Paul was a, he, you know, he was a guy that he had a, a ministry in prison like nobody, and so he was writing a lot of the letters that we read, even some of the scripture we read today. He's writing to churches and letting them know, hey man, you know, be praying for me. I'm praying for you. I, I thank God for you all the time. And so even if we're not in the the location where they are, we can be praying for them. We can stand in the gap for them. And so one of the things we can do is we can pray for one another, and we can pray for strength. We can pray for strength if they grow in their faith. You know, I think about these that just went through the water of baptism today. You know, they're, they're going public with that. All right, let's pray for them to grow up and become strong in their faith. If they're not pushed around by the teachings of this world, and they're not swayed by a popular opinion, but they're solid in their faith, they have a good foundation, it's built on the Word of God, right? And, and we want to see them literally grow up and become strong in their faith, that they can't be persuaded to go a different direction because they know the truth of God's Word. And I would say not just for these that just went through the waters of baptism today, but there's some of you that we need to be praying for you to be grounded in your faith, to be strong, and to know what you believe. You've got to spend time in God's Word to know what God's Word means and what it says. And so we've got to pray for strength. Look at what it says here. Paul's writing. He says, Epaphras, a, a member of your own fellowship and a servant of Christ Jesus, sends you his greetings. In other words, he's writing a letter. He's sending this letter to them. He says, hey, listen, this guy sends his, his uh, greetings, but look at what he does. He says, he always prays earnestly for you. Always prays earnestly for you, asking God to make you strong and perfect. And that perfect means mature. In other words, you have matured to the point point that you're not swayed by different teachings and you're not pushed around to where you don't know what you believe, but you know who you are in Christ Jesus. And you're able to stand firm on that. And so that's what that perfect means. Nobody's perfect, only Jesus was. But to make you strong and perfect or mature, fully confident that you are following the whole will of God. And so here's what I love. Papyrus is saying hey listen man he's praying for you he's standing in the gap uh, there, there's people that maybe you have in your life that they're praying for you and you don't even know it you know we got a prayer team here that prays over the prayer quest, and so we encourage people to you know put your prayer request down. there's people that you don't know that are praying for you by name and I love that and, and so there are people that pray for me I, I get texts from people all the time saying, hey, I just want you to know you were prayed for today and it means a lot. I mean, it means a lot to me. The other day, I was in a restaurant with our staff. One of our staff members, we were celebrating their birthday, and and I saw him. We just kind of waved at each other, kind of spoke. And the next day, he sent me a text. He said, uh, "Pastor Mike, it was good to see you yesterday." He said, "I just want you to know, you're prayed for many times a day." And man, I'm just telling you that that, that bless me because he's standing in the gap. He believes in the gospel. He believes in the power of prayer. And so here's a guy who prays for people who literally says, hey, listen, I'm praying for Mike, and I'm praying for God to use him, and I'm praying for God to whatever. And so there's people that stand in the gap praying for us. And and we need people like this, right? And so we need to pray for strength, you know, not just for our children, but for our mom and dad, our aunt and uncle, our brother and sister, you know, our coworkers, our, our our boss. We're praying for them to grow in their faith. You know, and so we're praying for these things. So we're praying for strength for them. We can pray for joy and peace. You know, we can pray for people to have joy and peace. There's some of you, you know, in here that maybe you have joy and your face just doesn't know it yet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, maybe it's there. I don't know. You look like you were weaned on pickle juice. You know, you walk around with a sour puss all the face, you know? And so we got to be able to say, Hey, listen, man, I want to, I want to have joy and I want it to show, you know, I, there ought to be joy in my life. And I want people to know that I've got joy, you know, and you laugh every once in a while, you have fun, but joy is, is something that we can pray for and for peace. You know, yesterday, um, uh, Laurie and I had an opportunity to go uh, minister to a family in our church who their house had caught on fire uh, the night before just a part of it had anyway and and anyway they're rattled by that I mean if you know how that is I mean if if something happens it can hit you in a hard way and and it was it was stuff that could be repaired it was stuff that could be fixed but it emotionally you know kind of hit them kind of hard and and uh and anyway so we got we were able to take some food by there and just say, hey listen man let us just pray for you and uh, listen, all this stuff can be fixed, you know, because it was in their bedroom and it could have, if they would have been asleep, it could have been bad, a whole lot worse anyway. And, and so uh, not playing down what had happened, but just saying, hey, listen, let's just pray for some peace for you guys. And so we were able to take hands and pray for peace to fall on that house. And, you know, and if you've ever had your house broke into, you know, and stuff has been stolen, you know, that stuff's gone and maybe the robber's gone. But you know what? There's that peace that you're lacking and, uh, and it kind of rattles you emotionally and so, man, sometimes we need to be praying for peace over people. Even whenever they're going through storms and they're going through tough times. And, and so for joy and peace in the midst of a storm, in the midst of a trial, in the midst of a challenge, that we can pray for that. Well, so we can pray for someone who's going through a really tough time and pray for them to have joy and peace. So says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will find you completely, uh, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. So where does it come from? Because you trust in Jesus, you can have joy and you can have peace in the middle of a storm. Because you go, you know what, I'm trusting God's will. I believe that God has my best interest in mind. I believe that God has this. It's more than I can handle, but it's not more than he can handle, right? And and so whenever we pray for other believers and we pray for people who are going through a tough time, we say, man, this is what we're praying for. We're praying for, for joy and peace in your life. It says, and then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I love that. So overflowing means, hey, you don't have room for all the hope that's in you. You know what I'm saying? It's overflowing, and it's affecting the people around you. And you're getting a little bit of hope on people, right? You're you're spilling over. This hope is overflowing. And what it is, it's Jesus is overflowing. And people are looking at you and going, how can you have such love and joy and peace in the middle of such a trying situation? And they see your hope, and it's the work of the Holy Spirit inside of you. And literally, it is overflowing into the lives of the people around you. And they're going like, Wow. I want what you have. I want that kind of hope. I want that kind of joy and peace. And so we see that. And so we can pray for spiritual wisdom and growth as well. So we can pray for love. We can pray for joy. We can pray for peace. We can pray for strength. We can pray for spiritual wisdom and growth. So we want to see people grow. Real Christ followers are growing. They're always growing. You don't get to an age and like, hey, you, 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 you kind of check out, you're, you're, no, you're good. You don't reach that. Until the day we die, we're growing in our faith. No matter how, I don't care if you're 85, 95, 105. You're growing in your faith, and God is still teaching you. And so we can pray for spiritual wisdom and growth. I think every mom and dad in this room or that's watching online is probably like, hey, I do that for my kids. And it goes back to what I said a while ago. We do it for our kids because we want our kids to one day come to the realization that they need a savior and they need a spiritual birthday and they need to know where they're going to spend eternity heaven or hell one of the two there's not any other options you know hey and and we want them to have the wisdom to understand the gospel right and the faith to believe in jesus and that one day their life would be changed forever because of that decision they make and the whole direction the whole the whole trajectory of their life is changed so moms and dads we pray for that but do we pray that for our, our neighbors do we pray that for our co-workers do we pray that for the you know the girl that works at the the grocery store that checks you out or do we pray that for the other people in our lives and so we can often pray that for our children but do we pray that for other people and so we've got to be one. say god help me to pray for spiritual wisdom and growth ever since i first heard of your strong faith in the lord jesus as paul writing to the church at ephesus there and your love for god's people everywhere i have not stopped thanking god for you and i pray for you constantly so i love this so paul's going man ever since i heard about you man i heard about your faith you know and i I, he's going i just i thank god for you i thank god for what you're doing i thank god for the difference you're making i thank god for your witness i thank god for who you are and what you're doing how strong you're you're standing there he says asking god the glorious father of our lord jesus christ to give you spiritual wisdom there you go and insight so that you might grow in your knowledge of who god is in your knowledge of god and so we should be praying for people to grow in their, in their faith in such a way that, man, they know more and more about who the God is that loves them, that created them, and that spoke them into existence, shaped them, and formed them. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called, his holy people, who are, who are his rich and glorious inheritance. And so I love that picture there. Anybody in here know somebody that it feels you feel like you know, maybe their, their heart is dark? maybe their heart's evil and there's certain people we know you know just like man that guy's evil or that girl she's just wicked she's evil but well, here's a, here's what we could be praying God I pray that the light of Christ the light of Jesus would would flood their heart in such a way that it would drive out the darkness right it would drive out the darkness and it would be flooded with the light of Christ and that they would be completely different and so when people see them and they go. Man, if they can get saved, anybody can, right? And we've known people like that. We go, you know, some people even write them off and say, hey, man, there's no hope for that one. But with Jesus, there's always hope. Man, with God, there's always hope. What seems impossible with man, God can do, right? And, And so whenever we look at this and we go, you know what? God, flood their heart with the light of Jesus. Flood their heart with the light of Jesus. And, and, and God may use us to be that light in their life, to be able to share the hope of the, of, of the world with them. And so I, I love that right there. I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe in him. So I don't know if you guys remember, we did a series called Empowered, and we were talking about this. And this is what, what, what Paul is saying. He says, I pr- also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power, the power that is at work within us. For us who believe in Him, so for us who believe, we have we have the power of the Holy Spirit at work within us to say no to sin, to temptations. We we don't have to give into that. We don't have to bow down to that. We literally have the power of God at work within us for those of us that believe, right? And you might go, man, I don't know, I don't know about that. Well, you need to know God's word so that you know that that is truth, and that's what Paul is saying. He goes, man, I'm praying that you will understand. You'll have insight. Your heart will be flooded with the light of God's word in such a powerful way that you understand what power is at work within you. You're not walking around being pushed around by the enemy, but you know that, you know what, man, I I stand firm on God's word. I know what it says. I know the power that's at work within me. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. So in other words, we're baptizing these, these people that just went through the water of baptism. They've gone public. They let everybody know that Christ lives within them. And what we say is, hey, listen, we baptize you, our brother, or sister, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with, uh, with Christ in baptism, and raised to walk in a newness of life. That is symbolic of resurrection power in that person's life, that they no longer have to live as a dead person, as a defeated person, as a sinful person, but they can walk in life, the life that comes through Christ, the life that we see in the power of the resurrection, it empowers us. And so every one of us should be praying, man, I want my child to walk with resurrection power. I want my mom, my dad, my aunt, my uncle, my coworker, my boss, whoever, I want them to walk with resurrection power. And God help me to understand this so that I can live this out in front of them. And, and so we should all be walking in that way, walking with such an authority and such a power, not because of anything we do, but because of the one who went to the cross and bled out his precious blood for us. That it paid for us that redeemed us. We can pray for healing we can pray for healing i don't know if you guys realize this but the song that we sang earlier where it's, uh, it says uh, i raise the hallelujah if you ever go back and listen to the story behind that song where it comes from the guy who was writing that they had a staff member on their at their church and that guy's son was dying and they were not expecting him to make it through the night and so the whole team the whole staff everybody's praying and interceding for this little boy and he gets up and he begins to pray and god gives him that song that says, I stand before my enemy, then you can't have him fighting for that little boy, and that little boy lived. That's, so the story behind that, you don't even know what you're singing sometimes, is about the healing power of the God we serve, right? And so we've got people that we know that are battling cancer, or they're battling diabetes, or they're by, battling emotional trauma, or whatever it might be. We can say, God, I pray for their healing." And we can pray for that. So we can pray for one another. We can pray for God to heal their mind, to heal their heart, to heal their physical body. And we serve a God that still does that. I've shared this before. That years ago, whenever I was, in, I, was, I was a college student, we were at a camp. And the worship leader there was, was leading worship. And he said, I just want to share with you guys a little bit about how God works and has worked in my life. And he starts telling the story about his son, Caleb. Who had, been di- who had been diagnosed, uh, he got to where he was struggling to stand up in his crib and stuff, He's was a little, little boy, and he was struggling to stand up, and they took him and found out he had a mass in his brain, he had, he had a, a brain tumor, and anyway, so the doctor or the surgeon comes in and says, hey, David, you're just going to have to take your little boy home, and you know, there's nothing we can really do, it's in a very precarious place, we don't know, you know, we don't have the surgery to fix that, and you're just going to have to love on him while you got him, worst thing a parent could hear, right? Just love on him all you can till he breathes his last, and so they're devastated. So David and his wife take the little boy home, take Caleb home. They start loving on his kid and praying for him. They got everybody that they know praying for this child. They're saying, "God, just asking you to heal, asking you to heal Caleb." And so he's got everybody he knows praying for healing, And, and and this is years ago. And so Caleb begins to seem to get better, which scared them because he was like, you know, sometimes people get better to die. And he was like, you know, maybe this we're getting close to the end. But he kept getting better, better, better. They go back to the doctor. And he's telling the doctor, he said, man, it just really seems to be good. And the doctor's kind of skeptical. They end up doing more scans, more tests. And he said, we can't seem to find the, the tumor. He said, it may have moved down, you know, or whatever. He said, so we're going to do some more tests. So they come back. They do more tests. They come back and said, man, tumor's gone. All right, so don't you love it when a doctor can't explain it? I do. I mean, I love that. He goes, man, all I can tell you is you've got a miracle and i'm just telling you god still works miracles we've got to believe that and I, part of now just say this we have a part in that prayer is how much do we believe how much do we fully trust the god of the universe and how much t- trust do we put in everything that this man says over here and I, I get it listen i love doctors and i love technology and i love science and all that stuff but i'm just telling you there's a god who created all that who is over all that and we've got to be ones Say, god i need to pray for healing and there's people in our congregation that are battling things. And we need to be praying for healing, right? Believing. praying, and believing. It says, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. I mean, that's a no-brainer. This is what Scripture says, right? Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. So hopefully you guys, whenever we were singing earlier, man, you're, you're happy. Man, things are going well. You're singing praises. You're going, God, thank you. Even if you're going through tough times and challenges, I would say you still sing praises, Right? you still saying, hey, God, I know you've got this. I know that this did not sneak up on you. It may have snuck up on me, but it did not sneak up on you. And so, God, I, I'm praising you. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. All right. So that doesn't always make sense to people. They're like, listen, so you're anointing with oil. What does that got to do with it? It's just that scripture says to do it. So you know what? We trust God and we, we pray in faith for healing, right? That's what we do. It says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So the Bible tells us that we begin healing as we begin to deal with sin. And so sin, sometimes we're just sin sick, right? And we need to confess our sins one to another and say, hey, listen, this is sin in my life, and I'm confessing it. And healing begins not only in you, but in the relationships that you've strained, or maybe the relationships that you've damaged. And so that healing begins as we begin to confess our sins. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power, there's power again, and produces wonderful results. So a righteous person, we talked about that last week, being a righteous, godly person, man, who is praying, and praying for healing, and praying for love, and praying for uh, strength and praying for joy and praying for peace, man, it's powerful and it's effective. So we need to be praying for those things. So we need to be praying for healing. Here's the second thing: affirming one another is another's worth or affirming one another's worth. I don't know if you guys remember last week, but Owen shared in his testimony the only thing worse than poverty was being or being told you were worthless. Anybody remember that? Sometimes we feel like we're worthless. There's no value. On our life. And so people are always wanting to be affirmed. I mean, people will do anything to get attention, right? Whether it's bad attention or good attention, but people want to be affirmed. They, they just need that attaboy somehow, some way. And we watch it all the time. People do incredibly stupid stuff just to get on TV, right? Just to hey, be seen, just to be acknowledged, to be affirmed in some kind of weird way. But affirming one another's worth by being able to, willing to say to someone, hey, you, you, you have value. And I, and I hope everybody in that in the, the can hear me say this, that God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Man, he, has, he, he considers you to be of great value. God does. And He wants a relationship with you through His Son, Jesus. And He wants to do incredible things in you and through you. And He wants to literally use you to be a witness of the things that He can do. And so here's the thing. To know that the God of the universe wants a relationship with me and He wants to work in me and through me is amazing. And so that ought to make us feel like we have worth. But we do that by, with acceptance. And we do that because what? Jesus accepted, right? So we accept people that are different than us. And we say, hey, listen, you don't have to look like me. You don't have to be like me, but I accept you. And so here's the thing. You, you can't do these two things. You can't, you can't accept someone and reject someone at the same time. It's not possible, right? So what happens is oftentimes we reject people that don't act like us, look like us, talk like us, whatever, or they're different in some way. You know, and so we tend to distance ourselves. So in some ways we reject them when we put the hand out and like, hey, listen, kind of keep them at arm's length, right? But what scripture tells us is that we're to accept people that are different than us. There's people out there that may not vote like you do. You do you not accept them? There's people out there that don't look like you. They don't dress like you. They don't have the money you have. Maybe they've got more than you have. And maybe you, know, you don't like them because they're rich or you don't like them because they're poor. And so we've got to be able to say, God, help me to accept people you know, as they are because that's what Jesus did. It says, therefore, accept each other just as Christ has accepted you so that God will be given glory. So God is glorified when we accept people as they are. Now, we, we, Jesus loves us enough. He doesn't leave us where we are. He brings us to become more and more like him. And we love people enough that we don't just leave them where they are. We want to walk with them, just like we're praying today, that they will grow and become more and more mature in their faith, right? And that they will understand who they are in Christ, not what the world has told them, maybe not even the lies that they've bought from the enemy. But we we are willing to accept them where they are. And, and oftentimes, you know, this is a tough one for us to get past, but we can help people grow if we'll accept them, and then pour into them, and then pray over them, and so uh, acceptance. Here's another one with affection. You know, you might say, you know, hey, I care about the homeless people. I just don't want to touch them. You know, or I care about the homeless people, but I hope somebody else will take care of that. And, and so we've got to be willing to show affection, right? And uh, and we all need uh, affection. You know, I remember teaching disciple nows years ago, and there was a uh, there was an illustration there where it talked about years ago they did a study. And it was of babies, whenever babies were born. And so they took these babies, and what they did was uh, they took half of the, you know, uh, whatever the test group was, they took half of it, and half of them, they would uh, coddle them, they would sit and hold them, they would sing to them, and they were nurturing these children. And then the other half, they did not do that to. They just fed them and changed their diaper, and that was pretty much it. And what they discovered and they found out was the children who were not being nurtured or loved on, you know, and having any kind of affection began to struggle with failure to thrive. Now, most of the moms in the room know what that knows what that means, but that baby is given up on life because there's no affection. There's no touch. There's no caring. There's no love. And I'll just tell you this. Most adults are the same way. We we need to feel like that someone loves me and cares about me. We all need a a hug every once in a while, right? Or a a pat on the back or somebody to come up, put their arm around and say, Hey, listen, man, I love you. Let me pray for you. You know, so our, our handshake, Right. And so we need that. There's a need in our life for that. And I know some of you guys are going like, I don't, I don't really need that. No, I'm telling you, you do. Um, you've been told by the enemy you don't, but you do. So I want to ask everybody just to stand. Let's go hug somebody. Come on, everybody stand up right now. I know y'all are freaking out. Some of y'all are like, what? Go ahead, just stand up. Find somebody to go hug. And I see some of your faces. Y'all are wigging out. <laughs> you guys at home, y'all can hug whoever's in the room. If there's nobody there. Just hug yourself. Hug yourself. All right, that's enough. That's enough. Come on, you can sit back down now. You want to come give me a hug, bro? Yes, <laughs> oh, I love it, man. I love it. I love it. He came and gave me a hug. So, all right, you guys can sit back down. I saw some of your eyes like, ooh, I'm going to get to go hug somebody. And some of you guys were in freak out mode like, oh my gosh, what is he doing? Right? But we need that. And I'm t- hey, listen, sometimes we need someone just to hold our hand and pray with us. And one of the things that we do, you know, when we ask you guys to come to the altar, the reason we have a prayer team there is sometimes what they do is they come up and they just lay their hand on you and they pray over you. I'm telling you, there's something powerful about that. If we look in Scripture, they laid hands on guys and sent them out into the world. They were were affirming them. They were empowering them. They were sending them out. There's something about that touch that we need. And too often what we do is we just don't get to connect with people like that, right? And we miss out on the touch. This morning I, I had a lady in the first service walk in. And uh, she introduced herself, and she said, we've emailed. And she goes, but I've never made, you know, uh, we've never been introduced. And I, I said, well, it's good to put a face with the name. And, um, she, uh, and anyway, the guy that was standing there beside me said something. And she said, well, you know how it is. You come into church, and you go out, and you don't really speak to anybody. And I said, hey, that's why you need to be in a life group. And she just smiled. She goes, I know, I know. She goes, I'm going Wednesday. So she's going to one Wednesday. So I would just say that to you guys. If, you, if, if that's all church is, just coming, coming in, sitting down, listening to a message, walking out, you've missed out on some of the best part of it. And sometimes it's, it is the hugs and it is someone putting their hand on you and praying over you. And it is someone that just says, Hey, listen, man, I just, I just, I want to encourage you. I want to affirm you. We're glad that you're part of our group and we need this. So we do that with affection. Look at what scripture says here. It says, don't just pretend to love others. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tightly to what is good. So don't just pretend, but really love one another. It says, love each other with genuine, what affection with genuine affection. And take delight in honoring each other. And so we're, we're to look for ways to honor one another, to affirm one another, to encourage one another, and to show real affection. Don't just tolerate, like some of you guys probably just hugged some people, probably not with genuine affection, being straight up, right? Some of you guys were like, all right, he said to do this. What in the heck? You know, it wasn't genuine. I get that. God knows your heart. You know, God knows your heart. Uh, but you can do something about that. You can even do something about that today and say, God, change my heart. Let it be genuine affection. And so God says, do it with genuine affection. We can do it with appreciation. There's nothing like saying, Hey man, thank you. You know, and, and I don't know if you guys realize this, but man, you know, sometimes we get so so busy in life that we forget to say, thank you, you know, to a waitress, to a waiter. I know you go, well, Hey, I'm paying them to do that. But I'm just saying sometimes, Hey, listen, thank you. Thank you is a powerful word, powerful phrase, man. It's got a lot of power to it. And scripture tells us that we can, we can literally affirm people with an appreciation. Uh, I mean, Jason tedder who just came up here and hugged me. You know, nobody hugged me in the first service. Nobody hugged me. He said, "Man, you didn't get a hug today." And I was like, "Come on up, bro." So, and, and you guys may not notice, but Jason's on our parking team, and every week he's out early, putting out the signs, putting out banners, you know, giving directions, doing everything he can to make sure that you know what you guys know where to go, and you know, and he, and that's that's his job. And so, hey, I appreciation to him, you know, for what he does. But appreciation is a big deal. Maybe today, whenever you guys get ready to leave walk by the cameraman and say, hey, listen, man, thank you for what you do, or the sound guy who does what he does, and all these people that are up here in the booth upstairs, that their whole job is to not be seen because whenever things mess up, kind of like it did last week in our first service, they start going like, oh, man. But they work so hard to make sure that tech stuff is working and the message of the gospel is going out on the the airwaves. That is their job. But sometimes nobody says, hey, thank you, and we walk right by them, right? And and so we have to be careful that we don't miss out on those opportunities. And I just want to say, To you guys, I appreciate you guys as a church, and I am so thankful for those 165 kids that were sponsored last week. I'm thankful for a church that is missions minded. You know, I I did the math last week, and just if you do $38 times times 12 times 162, it's like $73,000 that was committed to make a difference in a child's life last week. That is that's a huge impact. So I just want to say to you guys, (laughs) man, I appreciate you guys as a church. Last year, during our big gift, we gave over $100,000 towards missions. You have a missions heart. And so thank you for believing in the gospel and investing. You know, not just talking about it, but, man, you're investing in it. And so appreciation goes a long way. And so we can make a difference in people's lives by showing appreciation. It says your brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Maybe you go to your life group leader and say, listen, man, thank you for opening up your home. Thank you for being willing to, you know, to let all these crazy folks come into your house and, and you, and thank you for teaching God's word. And thank you for challenging us. And thank you for investing in us. And thank you for opening up, you know, your home to people that you didn't know. Show them great respect and wholeheartedly love because of their work and live peacefully with each other. And that's what I'm saying. Hey, listen, man, just do life together. Do life together. Enjoy life together. We need to do that. Thank you is a powerful phrase. i have already kind of hit on that. Let's jump to the third thing we're going to be done by encouraging one another. So, we want to encourage one another. We all need to be encouraged, right? I mean, sometimes you just need that, hey, you're doing a great job, an attaboy. Uh, but we need to encourage one another. And so, one of the things we can do is encourage one another when we get together. So, one of the best ways to do that is when we are around each other. It's hard to encourage people if you're never around them, right? And so, maybe getting involved in a life creep is one of those things where you say, you know what, we're going to get together and we're going to encourage one another. And so maybe that's what you do. You just go around and you speak life over uh, people, you know, and you find some time to encourage one another. But it's hard to do that apart from one another. So we encourage one another when we get together. So look at what Paul said here in Romans. I love this. He says, for I long to visit you till I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. Now we did a whole series on spiritual gifts and hopefully you guys who are watching online and in this room, you know what your spiritual gift is by now. If not, we will help you figure that out. But hopefully you're using that to help build up the body of Christ, to strengthen the body of Christ, the, the church, so that we are more impactful and we're making a difference for the kingdom. So hopefully you're doing that. And so Paul is saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming and hanging out with you guys to use his spiritual gifts, right? To help encourage them, to help build up the, the, the word of the Lord. But look what it says here. When we get together, I want to what? Encourage you in your faith. He can't do it, you know, from where he's at, except through this letter. But he says, man, I'm looking forward to when I get to be with you guys and we get to encourage one another. But he goes, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. In other words, it's a give and take, a give and take. In other words, we're receiving from one another this encouragement. And so sometimes we do that by hearing what is happening in someone's life. We hear their story. We hear their testimony. We hear what God is doing in their own walk personally, and then we share with them what we've experienced. And by doing that, we encourage one another. So, so that's one of the things we can do. And so here's the other thing. We, we need to encourage one another to make a difference. That's what we did last Sunday. That's what Owen did when he was here. He encouraged you guys to make a difference in a child's life. We did that. We, we, we started that. Anyway, we initiated that. It says, let us hold tight. This is the verse we started out with. Let us hold tightly without what without wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. I hope maybe today if you're watching online or you're here in the room you go you know what god is trustworthy he is faithful he can he can do things that man can't explain he can do whatever he wants to do he's god we're not let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works i'm trying to encourage you guys to connect in a life group i'm trying to encourage you guys to be encouraging this week right i'm trying to encourage you to be prayer warriors this week and so let me tell you one of the things i want you to do i want you to I want you to be thinking about, hey, who's 10 people that I can write down their names? And every time I pray this week, I pray for those 10 people. I pray for strength in their life. I pray for love in their life. I pray for joy in their life. I pray for peace in their life. I pray for healing, emotional healing, mental healing, physical healing, whatever it might be. Spiritual healing would be a good one. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So I think it's important for us to be together. And I know there's people that watch online. I had a lady this past week that we called from down in Florida. She, she would love to be here. And uh, she watches from, da, uh, from down in Florida. And so a shout out to her. And there's people that watch from North Alabama and uh, really all over the world uh, watch these services, which is kind of crazy to me. But I was talking to a lady in the first service who said they were coming, but because of COVID, they started watching online. But they, they were here today, and she said, it's just something about being in the room. And I'm totally in agreement. I mean, there's times that I'm out of town, you know, and, and I watch from online and it's good. And our team does an incredible job, but there's something about being together that you just don't get online, you know? And, uh, and so we always say, Hey, if you can be here, be here. And and so the scripture is pretty clear. Hey, listen, if you can be here, be here. You know, if you can get together, get together, we need it. We need each other. And so that's our next steps. Let's, let's look at these real quick and we'll be done. Number one, to realize I need others to help me. I'm just telling you, you need other people in your life. There's no long range of Christians. We need each other. And if all you've got is just your quiet time and your coffee, you're missing out on some of the best parts of the church. You've got to be willing to step out of your comfort zone. Step out of your comfort zone and help others. Because when you help others, it helps you. That's the crazy thing about Christianity. The more I do to serve someone, the more I do to help someone, the more God uses that to bless me. I cannot outgive God. To pray specifically for others. Like I said, write down maybe 10 names. Maybe God's put them on your heart already. And say, you know what, I'm, I'm going to pray for them. And I'm going to pray for healing for this one. Or I'm going to pray for you know, joy and peace for this one. Or I'm going to pray for the, the, the light of God's word. I'm going to pray for the light of Jesus to flood the heart of this person that you, know, you feel like maybe has a hard heart. So God, I'm praying for them. You pray specifically. Maybe you pray every day for weeks and weeks. And then one day you realize, you know what, God's answered that prayer. Then give him praise and give him glory, right? To encourage others in their walk. So that's what we ought to do. We ought to walk out of here and say, God, show me someone I can encourage today. That I can love on. That I can show affection to. That I can encourage and affirm and tell them, you know what, your life matters. Your your life matters to me. But it matters way more to God. And so I want to ask you, if you would, just to bow your heads and close your eyes and not sure where you are in your walk with christ some of you may have been here today just to see someone to get baptized but maybe you need to put your faith in christ maybe you are the one that that god brought you here to see baptism but he wanted to he wanted to step into your life and change your life forever maybe you're watching online i don't know where you're watching from but god's speaking to you today and maybe you want to put your faith in christ you want to be saved and let me just kind of walk you through what's involved with that God's word is pretty clear that we come to him. We say, Jesus, I'm a sinner. When we confess our sins to him, we say, Jesus, I'm a, I'm a sinner. I've messed up. I've blown it. He already knows that, but we're confessing it. We're agreeing with him, right? We say, Jesus, I want to ask you to come into my life. I want to I ask you to take over, be the leader of the Lord of my life. What you're doing is you're surrendering. Say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I'll give you everything. All that I've got is yours. And so when we do that, when we surrender, we're putting our faith in what Christ has done, what Jesus did on the cross. And we said, Jesus, I want to quit living the way I've been living, and I want to live for you. That's repentance. We're broken over our sin to the point that we surrender and we turn to Jesus. And so if that is your prayer today, if you just prayed that prayer, you said, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I want you to forgive me. I'm asking you to forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you to change me. I want to quit living the way I've been living. I want to live for you. And Jesus, with all the faith that I have, i come to you in, in total surrender. Then the Bible says that you Become a part of his family he adopts you into his family as a child of god so maybe you prayed that prayer if you prayed that prayer if you don't mind just raise your hand say mike i just prayed that prayer i see your hand back there i see your hand right there i see both of you i see your hand right there all right i see your hand it's childlike faith It's all it takes anybody else anybody else if you just raised your hand if you don't mind in a few minutes fill out a card let us know what your name your name is and, and how to get in contact we, we want to put a bible in your hand a new believer's bible and we want to see you go through the waters of baptism just like these did today we want to help you in your walk we want to walk with you if you maybe if you made that decision online if you don't mind let us know you can message my decision ninety four thousand and let us know you prayed to receive christ we want to we'll, put, we'll send a bible to you wherever you're at so maybe there's somebody here in the room maybe you just need to be prayed for maybe you need to go to the altar and pray for somebody and so the, the worship team's going to come. They're going to play, play a song. It's the time to respond. And I just want to encourage you, just do what the Father says. If He says to go and, you know, go get on the altar and pray for somebody, then go pray. And maybe someone will walk up and pray, lay a hand on you and pray over you. I believe, believe me, they're praying in agreement with you. But you just do what the Father leads. I want to ask everybody across the room, if you would, just stand right now. And you respond as the Holy Spirit leads. Father, just move on our hearts. God, we trust you. We ask you to move in this time. and God, I pray for people that need to be prayed for. We'd go to the altar and we would lift them up in Jesus' name. Amen.